Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. I'm a feminist, but I'd love to be a man for a day so I could present my opinions as fact. I am talking about a subsection of men there, hashtag not all men, uh, but it's funnier You're if I don't say You're still not even that. doing it now. You're... Yeah, I am. I'm apologising for my own thing now, but I realise there are men who listen who... Uh, I don't want them to feel unincluded. I love them. <laughs> Give us a cheer if you're a man and you're in the audience. <laughs> they sound like they've been made to come. Yeah. <laughs> also heard their chains jangling... I'm a feminist, but if I'm watching a film and it says that it contains nudity, I will hope that it's just tit. <laughs> <laughs> what, no dick pickery? I don't know, I don't know, I just, uh, none of the nethers, I think. Nethers of any gender? No nethers, please. Nethers of all and any genders. Oh, you don't need to see a nether. I know what a nether looks like. I don't need to see it in a film. Yeah, nethers of all sorts. We don't no want nethers. to see them. No nethers. I agree with you. I don't really understand the appeal of nethers. Mm. I think they, they can have a good feel, but the sight of them, it doesn't do anything for me. You know when there's pornography, I'm not a big fan of pornography, people know that about me. Sometimes people complain that we talk about pornography and I don't watch it and they think I'm like, ooh, to pornography, but it's not nothing personal, it's just personal. Um, I don't personally want to see it but when I have occasionally seen pornography or someone showed me something I'm like but that's not the angle I see when I'm doing it so I don't understand how it's sexy I, I think the sexy in a live capacity if I'm, if I'm in it I just you know when you're watching a film and then suddenly there's a nether mm. it pops up and you mm. think well, I didn't know that was going to be there oh it's out of context for you yes in a pornography piece in a pornographic piece well, when you're watching porn, you, you, know, you, don't, it's, you don't even need a disclaimer, do you? No, you don't need a trigger warning the fact for the that you're nethers. there means you're probably going to see a nether If, at if some it point. said trigger warning nethers, yeah. it would be excessive on Pornhub. Yeah. May, may contain nethers, and you think, may? <laughs> I need a promise at this stage. Yeah, that, that, that it will contain nethers. I don't... I have no... It just doesn't do it for me. I like a man in a well-cut suit. That's my pornography. Or like something like Ruby Rose looking angsty but fully clothed. Oh, yeah. I like or Christina washing... Hendricks cleavage, yes. Nethers, no. I like power washing a patio. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> Could watch that all day. Power washing a patio? It's satisfying, satisfying, isn't it? 
Yeah. So that's the difference between satisfying and sexually gratifying. <laughs> I don't know if you can find a way, can't you? <laughs> Having said that, I will caveat this, that if I'm watching a, a film or something mm. and there are, um, there's like a vagina, mm. I do think it's fair for it to then be equaled with a penis. I'm like, I expect to see a penis now. Oh, I see, yes, I agree. I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. I went to a play once and there was a naked woman on a swing, but all the men were fully clothed. And I felt like, mm, no, you, it's not fair. Did they get to have a go on the swing? No. <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. It feels like slightly equal then, doesn't it? There was a naked woman on a fucking swing, swinging up and down. So, that, you know, it feels like it's meant Dangling. to be Yeah, I think no. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel good, does it? I think no. I think, I think uh, what is sauce for the goose... Yeah. It's quite an old-fashioned opinion, isn't it? Do you want to... Oh, I've got to do one now. I'm a feminist, but if I was offered the opportunity to body swap with Marilyn Monroe, body slash time swap with Marilyn Monroe, for like one week, I would think strongly about it. I would just be interested to know what it would be like to be Marilyn Monroe for one week. I would not want to stay there. And that might be my problem with that Freaky Friday is what if I got stuck? Because I definitely wouldn't want to live as Marilyn Monroe because she had a really tough life. Yeah, you know what happened to her. Yeah, it was an awful, awful life, very unfeminist life, but I would just be interested to know what it would be like to be that desirable and sort of iconic. Well, I can we... tell you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd all do it, wouldn't we? I would you? I, I think I'd uh, there's probably almost agree to it. If it was just like they just said it a couple of days or a week, or, I think I'd maybe agree to it with almost anyone. Oh, just to see what it would be like to just, look out of someone else's Just have a look, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think there's very specific times in history where I wouldn't... I'd say no. Even 48 hours would be too long in some times in history. Yeah, traumatised right. forever. Yeah, i think about it now, and yeah, you're correct. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to be, like, objectified for an hour and a half. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you just sometimes... Sex is a funny thing. Sometimes you want to be objectified. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think sometimes I, because um, I used to present in a more um, traditionally feminine way, and I tell you what, I did get more drinks. Um, <laughs> Is that your I'm a feminist part? Yeah, you... and um, and sometimes I do think, you know, like end of the month waiting for the paycheck. Type yeah. Thing. It's a freelance life, isn't it? Some people owe you for comedy, but they haven't paid you for months since months ago. And then you think, what, I might just pop a frock on. Yeah. <laughs> but even if I do now, I'll give somebody a wink. They're not necessarily going to buy me a drink. But imagine if I was inhabiting Marilyn Monroe's body. And they'd be like, Marilyn is acting very strangely. <laughs> She's sort of behaving in a very creepy way. <laughs> Posture's gone weird. She's saying strange stuff. She keeps calling her vagina at nethers. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm a feminist, but I don't necessarily think that a toilet cubicle is the best place to catch up. <laughs> and I know that's going to upset some people. That's just how I feel. Do you mean like when women go into lose and then? tell each other all about their life stories. It's a strange place to have a chat, isn't it? Well, I'm afraid none of us can agree with you about that, Sarah. <laughs> I feel like you are really on your own. You know when comedians sometimes go, just me? Yes, it is just you. Uh, the lose is uh, uh, a valid Specific- place. Specifically in the cubicle. Oh, no, in the cubicle is weird. 
But in the lose, yeah, because then everyone can get involved. How often that. are how often are you noticing two women in a loo cubicle together chatting? What do they go in together? They're going in together. They that go in means together they're doing and cocaine. They're chatting away. They're doing cocaine. That's oh. what they're doing. If they're in a cubicle together, and the reason they're so chatty is they're doing cocaine. <laughs> That's the only reason people go into loo cubicles to have sex or or, or have good there. Cocaine. There's so many other locations to have a conversation. And... Yeah, but if you've recently done a line of cocaine, you find yourself chattier. I hear, I don't know. Oh. That's, that's the rumour. Um, I see. Well, I'm, I owe somebody an apology. Yeah. It's but not... I it's not doing cocaine. No, I said, at, time. at the sinks, uh, famously, women compliment each other or comfort each other. Yes. Uh, but in a, if they're both in the cubicle, in my opinion, they're doing drugs or sex. Drugs or sex? Yeah. That's, I don't know anyone that goes in. I mean, So me, nobody ever invites me in. <laughs> Is that dis- I thought it was because, oh, well, you know, we'll catch up later, but... <laughs> so sometimes you go out with friends and two friends going to a cubicle together and you don't know why. Don't, yeah, and I thought they just found, you know, sort of like swapping stories over a campfire. No. They're sharing classes and they, they don't want to offer you any... Do they, they might think you don't partake or they might think they've only got enough for two, but that's what's happening. Oh, I see. I don't They're know having if you... sex. And... They could be having sex, 100%. It's nice to invite you to that, <laughs> on occasion. I mean, again, they might think My you don't partake. My girlfriend always goes in with other people. And... <laughs> I feel like they might be worried you're going to say nethers. <laughs> they say, oh, God. That's this, a legitimate I wasn't... worry. I am likely to say nethers. And... I, I wasn't expecting to see your nethers, you might yes. say. You'd like me to touch your nethers in this cubicle? I'm a feminist, but... If I could give every other woman two periods... <laughs> Just to not be on mine. <laughs> I'd think about it. Every other woman, or is, 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 what you're saying is every other cisgendered woman gets two periods a month and you get none. Is that what you're suggesting? Uh, yeah, every, every other menstruating person gets two. And I, and I, I don't have to, to deal with it. I, I, I would think about it. This was written this morning on the first day of my period, OK? <laughs> you cannot judge me for the state I was in, all right? I feel like this audience is going to turn. Yeah. Um. But tell me, honestly, everybody in, in this room who menstruates, first day of your period, if you could, tell me you wouldn't think about it. <laughs> If you could permanently give if it you to could somebody press a else and give everybody else two periods, okay. and then you get to go, I've got no idea how that happened. It hasn't happened oh. to me. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, would you what. You would think about it, right? I would give it to someone I didn't like. Oh, you could I would, use I wouldn't give it to everybody. I think that'd be too much. And also, I don't want to deal with the whole world on their period twice a month. Like, I don't want to deal with that. But if I could just give it to Pretty Patel, 100%, obviously. <laughs> Suella Braverman. Suella Braverman can have all of our periods. Then what, if, what if everybody does it to Pretty Patel and then she's never not on her period? Maybe that's already happened. That's she <laughs> does seem quite grumpy. That's not going to make her friendlier, is it? No, no, no. It's no. It's it's. It makes Suella Braverman no more likely to open the borders. That's certainly true. <laughs> um, because if you ever were going to close down a border, it would be on the first day of your period. Sure. 
Um, so yeah, but maybe maybe this this someone else has had the, the menstruation genie has visited someone else, mm. and the genie has given Suella Braverman all the periods in the world, and this has explains a lot. Be a good film, wouldn't it? The menstruation genie. Yeah, it'd be like the female Bruce Almighty. from King's Place in London, the This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine I'm Deborah Francis-White, with me is Sarah Keyworth, and we're talking about budget cuts. Sexy. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about budget cuts, the implications of budget cuts, and what the fuck we're going to do about them in a feminist fashion. Mm. We're talking about them with a comedian, so this is really our feminist rantings about them. Did everyone get a drink? We were told there was more argy-bargy at the bar. I don't know what's going on at the bar tonight. Argy-bargy at the bar? Argy-bargy at the bar. Did you have a bar fight? No, not like a fight, but like uh, people going, I want my drink before I go back, and oh, right. etc. I'd love it if there was a bar fight at the Guilty Feminist. Can you imagine? <laughs> the there was once though. a fight in, um, I think it was in, we were in Newcastle, and it wasn't a fight with... Newcastle UK or Newcastle Australia? Uh, UK. That makes sense. And <laughs> it was a fight, re, the venue were not allowing women into the men's lose, even though there were virtually no men at the show so they were just going you know I'll just go into the men like yeah, just, yeah, you yeah. know because we've asked you know can we have the lose be gender neutral and stuff you know because I mean I don't know about you I don't like to pee in front of anybody um, that's why I prefer well, I, a private I like stall I like it sometimes I don't care who was in I don't care who I'm washing my hands next to mm. at all I don't understand the non-gender neutral loo thing really it makes, it makes no sense to me. It's just we're used to it being gendered. So people are like, hold on to it. But if they'd never been gendered, I don't think anyone would really have a problem. But when you go somewhere and it's completely gender neutral and there's no option to have them gendered, like you're in a bar and there's literally one toilet, mm. everybody gets on with it. They get they? on with it. Or there's anyway. two cubicles and it's just, it, it's, these are just the toilets. Nobody goes and does a poo around the back of the, the house. <laughs> we all just, you go, oh, well, that, those are the facilities here. But when there's two separate rooms and they've got little labels on the door, yeah, people. It's a, it's a very, it's a very strange hill to die on, in my opinion. But anyway, it's the, interesting. I've never the, thought about it. There were quite sort of burly, like bodyguards who were standing at the, uh, going, no, you can't go in there, you can't go in there. Well, the guilty feminists kicked off. Really? Oh, oh, good I, for you. I got tweets in... I don't think it was these literal ones, but... Um, no, I think it was these ones. I, they seemed like they could kick off. I, I, got, I was getting tweets atted backstage. Oh. Going, this is going on. So I spoke to the powers that be, and they said, OK, we'll make the lose gender neutral. And, uh, any, I mean, lots of them have gone in anyway, despite the firm requests oh, of yeah, the... yeah, that's good stuff. Oh, it was exciting. They loved it. They loved it. There was a... There was it's a so, real fear, feeling of revolution in the air. It's so strange that it's all sort of for safety concerns, isn't it? I once went into... This is a genuinely true story. I went to a lady's toilet and a woman in there asked to see my boobs. What? Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you know what they say. You've got to fight sexual assault with sexual assault. That's... 
Wow. Yeah. Asked to see your boobs. It's like you... credentials. What did you say? I said, I said which one? <laughs> did you say, can I see yours? I don't think that would have helped. I don't think that would have made me not look like a pervert. <laughs> I know she was being a pervert, but if I'd gone, I'll show you mine, if you show me yours, then... Because she thought she was enforcing some kind of safety mechanism. But I don't know what she was expecting, because then... Because I do... I have, um, I have a small pair, modest pair, and if I had shown her my boobs and she'd gone, oh, yeah, no, those are boobs, what do we do then? <laughs> it's, it's hard to know where to go. I can then see how you can get yourself into that situation, yeah. but I cannot see how you get yourself out of it. Yeah? Does she lick them? I don't know. <laughs> it's polite. Did you say... Nick them or lick them. You know what I said. I <laughs> I said lick. That's the oh, you, you, you think said... she could nick them? Yeah, nick and them. Kick me out. Thought you meant shoplift them. Yoink. Yeah, yeah. lick them. Lick them, lick. I see. Yeah. I feel like you shouldn't lick a stranger's breasts without being invited. It's a basic consent issue. Well, it's a good rule to live by. Good rule to live by. I've lived by it all my life without realising I've been living by that rule all my life. There's all sorts of rules that you live by without realising you're living by them. Yeah, just being a decent human being is just easy to do. Yeah, just yeah. one of my favourites is you can't ever touch anyone else's head unless they're a child that you know or a lover. That's, they're the exceptions. I need to write this down. Yeah. <laughs> You can't, you can't no touch the head. head. I could touching. come up to you, Sarah, and I could go, oh, could, could I borrow a pen? Like, that would be fine, right? <laughs> you could even do that to a stranger. At a, in a, you know, you could, I could go up to a stranger in the... And if you're listening at home, what I've done there... What, I licked her breasts. No, I didn't. I, <laughs> yeah. I touched her very lightly While on the arm. While I was talking the whole time. Incredible work. <laughs> Sarah. And I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> can I borrow a pen? Can I borrow a pen? Can I borrow the pen in your cleavage? <laughs> yes. um, no, what I did is I touched her very lightly on the arm to get her attention. Just a little t- finger, a tip of the finger poke. Exactly. And if someone was, say, in a theatre, you might, instead of making a noise, if you had to come up and say, sorry, your car's blocking the entrance or there's a phone call for you or one of those things, you might just touch them very lightly on the arm and, and that would be... It's socially acceptable, right, to yeah. do that. Um, but you, what you could not do is come up and go, Sarah, I broke a <laughs> And what I'm doing now, if you're listening at home, is uh, licking Sarah's breast. <laughs> I'm touching her head. I'm stroking her hair. I'm I like her. it, actually. I mean, well, I mean, I'm delighted that you do. But I, 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 I know full well if I went up to anyone and touched their head, unless you're sleeping with that person, or maybe that person is your child or a child you know very well. Or your dog. Oh, your dog, yeah. yeah. A dog or a cat is a very different thing, but I think there are different rules for dogs and cats in general, aren't there? I don't know. I don't think you should touch a dog's breasts without being invited. You certainly shouldn't lick a dog's teats without being invited. But how? you'd have a hard time proving... Just to, the invitations? That's the thing, you'd have a hard time proving to Peter that you had been invited. Yes. You'd have a hard... Right, my dog wanted it. He like, did ask me to do it. <laughs> Does the male dogs have teats? They all do, don't they? They've like, do they have nipples but not teats? Because I don't know. Female dogs have teat, have teats, right? Because that's how they feed the puppies. Somebody bring us a dog. <laughs> I don't, while I don't wish to impose gender on dogs, I do think that the norm is certainly a male. We're dog. not qualified for this, are we? <laughs> Got any vets in the room? 
Give us a cheer if you're a vet or a sister vet. No vet. No vet. No vets. In. Any medics in? You have a male dog. <laughs> and, and could you report back on the situation? D- does he have tits? Tits, nips. Yeah. He hasn't got anything. You've just not been a, looking, have you? It's just a smooth underbelly. When you get home, have a look. Let us know. She's looked and she's, she knows her own dog's tummy. Have you ever shaved him? <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> What dog? kind of dog is he? Ah, oh. uh, he's too fluffy, you'll never know. <laughs> I trust you, I believe in you. Hello, Guilty Feminists, this is Deborah. We have some shows coming up. Are you in Sydney, Australia? Then please join us on Tuesday, the 4th of April at the Darlinghurst Theatre in Sydney. It's a Guilty Feminist Queers of Joy crossover, and we are going to be raising both funds and awareness for the refugees of Block 13, LGBTQ plus refugees who are in a refugee camp in Kenya. Uh, It's going to be a joyful, fabulous night where we're all going to come together. So don't miss that show, Darlinghurst Theatre in Sydney. All profits go to Block 13. Then on the 5th of April, we are going to be at the National Museum of Australia with Steph Tisdall. So get your tickets for that right now if you are in Canberra. If you're in London, we will be at the Soho Theatre on the 30th of May and the 31st of May. And we will be at King's Place on the 5th of June, the 22nd of June and the 24th of July. For tickets, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. My play, Never Have I Ever, is at Chichester Festival Theatre from the 1st to the 30th of September. Tickets are now on sale, but I'm glad to say they're going fast. So if you'd like to see it, go to CFT org.uk and look for Never Have I Ever with the incredible Susie Wacoma, Alexandra Roach and Greg Wise and more. And on the 21st of August, there will be a special episode of The Guilty Feminist from Chichester, where hopefully we'll be talking all things Never Have I Ever. Join our Patreon to get ad-free episodes and to support the show. And if you could go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, and give any episode of The Guilty Feminist that you thought was good five stars. We'd really appreciate that. Also, if you could tell someone you know with your face or on a WhatsApp group or on a social media platform that you enjoy The Guilty Feminist and share that with them, it really helps spread the word about the show. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you coming out live. We appreciate everything you do and supporting any of the activist or artistic causes we share with you. And now back to the podcast. Our guest today is an actress, comedian, writer, and television presenter. She was born in South London, spotted by a model scout at the age of 19, and moved to New York. Since returning to London, she has made her acting debut as a series regular in Netflix series The Duchess and has signed a development deal for her own autobiographical comedy series on Channel 4. Please welcome to the stage with incredible woohooing, Michelle Desward! <laughs> Hello. Hi, King's Place. How you doing? Good. Sourced up a little bit? Okay, a little bit. Not enough, in my opinion. Um, But, yes, we are talking budget cuts. Have you guys felt it yet? No, we fucking haven't. What are we cutting? They keep on talking about it. They're like, the budget cuts are coming. I'm like, I need you to explain it to me 
in layman's terms. All right, this is a first world country. What does this mean for me? What am I cutting? Do you know what I mean? Like, I need to know. They keep on, like, threatening us, gaslighting us in this economy with these crazy headlines. Like, one of them just read, Britain is poorer today than it was yesterday. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? What do I have to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, do I need to paint my own nails? <laughs> is this what it means? Do I need to invest in a moon cup? <laughs> what does it mean I need them to tell me? You know what I mean? Like, I need to know. Because there's certain things that I'm not going to be cutting, all right? I've got a lifestyle now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm 42 years old and I don't have kids. And you know why I made those life choices? So I don't have to budget. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is why I did that. So I want to know. I have a lifestyle, okay? I use Sunday Riley Juno oil skin, skin cream with a pipette. All right? 65 pound cult beauty, that's the kind of woman I am. I'm a pipette woman. You know what I mean? You think I'm putting my finger in a fucking... in a pot and messing up the active ingredients? I'm not a dickhead. No. Man of man's a pipette woman. I'm like, where are these cuts going to be made? You know what I mean? Because I will cut other things so I can keep my skin routine. Like, you lot... If you lot think for one fucking second... I'm ever creaming this face with Nivea. <laughs> Is everyone all right? <laughs> Nivea, at 42 years old, in the blue pot that you've got to scoot open. <laughs> Prize apart. I don't think so. You know what I mean? I will shop in Aldi, yeah? Before I wash my face with Garnier face wash. <laughs> with the bits in it. Ah, that I made out of plastic. Never! I will be in a pitch black house, okay? But that house will be lit with dipty candles. <laughs> I am not joking. You lot will come over. Be like, oh, it's a bit cold in here. I go, yeah, and you go, it's that fig. <laughs> Be like, yes, it is. Come over here in the corner, I'm just frying an egg on a Joe Malone candle. <laughs> I, I need to know what they're talking about. Like the other day, I left the heating on, right? Just absent mindedly, came back home, opened up the door, it was like, <laughs> It's like, fucking hell. So like, how much is that going to cost? Do you know what I mean? Am I going to have to suck off an old man in an alley? <laughs> like, I will die on this cliff, all right, with a fucking dip-teak candle in each hand and a neon diffuser on my forehead, just like, come on! I'm not doing it. 
Where are the cuts going to be made? And then, like, one of our many prime ministers uh, over the last fucking six months was like, what we're going to do is we're going to tax the rich. And me being a working-class person, I was like, yes! That's what I'm talking about! Tax the rich! Yes! But I came into a bit of money this year, right? (laughs) And I got my tax bill, and I was like, nah! Not me! How am I in the 25% bracket? I don't think so. I could feel like the inner white man bubbling up inside of me. So I was looking at these numbers and I was like, no, no, no. We are gonna have to review this and crunch these numbers again. Because if you think I'm giving this much money to Babylon, you are fucking mistaken. Called up my cousin, I was like, listen, I'm gonna buy you a wagon, mama's come back over, we need to lie. I need to keep myself in dipped candles, this is no joke. My name's Michelle Dussault, it's been a pleasure. Michelle Dussault, everybody! Keep that applause going for the incredible Sarah Keyworth! Hello, hello again, hello. Feels weird to say hello when I've been talking to you all night. Um, I don't have any material on budget cuts, but you know my feelings about the expense of therapy. Uh, (laughs) um, The the other reason I went to therapy is because uh, at the end of uh, 2021, I did something that I think a lot of... I think a lot of women my age did this at the end of 2021, which is that I I self-diagnosed myself... With, uh, with ADHD. <laughs> yeah, we all did it, didn't we? We all fucking did it. We spent two years in our homes. We were like, I think I've got ADHD, actually. And, and we don't, do we? We don't. Some people do. Some people have got ADHD. The rest of us have got TikTok, right? And that, that feels very similar. I want to have it. I do. I want to have it. I'm trying to get a diagnosis of ADHD because if I don't have it, I'm just a dog that needs a walk. Right? That's my problem at the moment. And it's hard, it's hard to get a diagnosis, it's hard to, hard to do it, I'm trying to do it at the moment, and there's loads of different symptoms of ADHD. I have actually been, um, I've actually been diagnosed with ADHD, um, and there's all these different symptoms. Inatten- I'm inattentive, that's my big thing, very inattentive, miss things all of the time, drives my girlfriend mad. The other, the other day, my girlfriend, uh, she went for a haircut, and it genuinely took me five days to notice <laughs> that she hadn't come home. Um, <laughs> But I am very inattentive, and I'm annoyed about that. I'm annoyed that I miss, I miss things. I, I do it all the time. I was, I was living with my cousin during the pandemic, and I just don't think I process information like other people. I don't. I don't, I don't notice things. And I was living with my cousin. My cousin is a day older than me. We're very good friends. We used to live next door to each other. We went to the same school, and we got the same surname, and we would like, walk home together. So everyone at school thought we were twins, apart from one guy who told us quite recently that he thought we were married. <laughs> we were 11 years old. Imagine that. What was he thinking? He's watching us leave school every day, like, ah, there they are. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Keyworth. After a long, hard day of school, back to the marital bed they go. 
So we're not married. We've never been married. We're not married. We just live together. My cousin and I, we just live separate bedrooms because we're, we're, we're not married. Um, he hasn't asked. Um, that's a strange thing to say, and I'll never say it again. Um, but I was living with him during the pandemic, and there was one day, it was, I, was, I, don't know, I, was, I was doing some work in my bedroom, I was on my laptop, I just decided I was going to go for a run, so I got up and I left, and whilst I was gone, my cousin came into my bedroom, he saw that my laptop was open, he opened a new tab, and he just Googled the word butts. B-U-T-T-S, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept with butts now this you're all at a comedy podcast you comedy fans aren't you I think we can all agree that's fucking funny isn't it <laughs> it's absolute. it's a classic it's, it's a wonderful prank it's lovely that's fantastic it's brilliant isn't it the plan is I come back I get into my room I look at my laptop I go oh no butts <laughs> oh I've been had <laughs> Well, that's not what happened. What happened was I came back from my run, I got in the shower, went into my bedroom, started getting dressed, glanced at my laptop, saw the Google search of butts, and my brain went, ah, well, I guess that's from earlier, when I was Googling butts. <laughs> God, I can't believe I went out in the middle of my butt Googling. I just... <laughs> just middle of a task what am I like it's it's very embarrassing I had an explanation for that I explained that away in my head because sometimes when I'm writing jokes I'll just google words to see if the definition of the word is funny so I thought I was just working on some butt stuff in my room (laughs) just on my own having a nice time and I carried on working I sat down my cousin comes back about half an hour later very pleased with himself hoping to reap the reward of his hijinks he pops his head around my bedroom door and he goes hi Sarah why have you been googling butts and then to his what I can only assume incredible confusion I said how do you know about that you can't prank me I'm too thick I'll take credit I'll accept it I'll go that was me yeah I did that that was me you could put cling film over my toilet seat and I'll be like well I obviously didn't want that one to go off (laughs) (laughs) you're covering your mouth I'm very sorry it drives my girlfriend mad it bothers my girlfriend what'd you say oh did you just get the toilet joke (laughs) I'm really sorry The, the, the exclamation of oh no was, was, uh, was probably fair, actually. Um, what's your name? They've gone. Um, <laughs> they've gone. That's OK. Uh, my girlfriend... My girlfriend's very nice. She's bisexual, my girlfriend. Um, she's annoyed at me at the moment because I didn't acknowledge bisexual awareness week. Um, I didn't know I had to. Uh, she's bisexual, and I'm aware of that. <laughs> and I was doing that for the whole week. Um, but next year, I think we'll go big. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go out. We'll go out. Shagging men. That's what we'll do. Um, do something she likes for once, you know. I'll give it a try. Give you a go. Yeah. Anything for you, darling. I don't know how long I've done. I've been faffing. I didn't stop my watch. So it's, it's, I've got one more bit I could do, or I could just leave it there. It's, okay, well, this is because my girl, like, this is the thing I've been, we've been together. Hello. Just forget I did that. <laughs> I'm just checking I'm not getting in trouble. Um, so uh, we've been together um, a short while, and but I've been finding it sort of fascinating uh, looking. There's this thing that, that couples, are there any couples in the room? 
Wampus, way. Um, is that you in the, in the yellow? What's your name? Olivia, and uh, is your partner here? That one there, hello, nice to meet you. What's your name? Liz. Liz, Liz as with an L. Yes. Cool, can I check both of your pronouns just so I'm not doing it wrong? She and she. She and she, love it, very traditional, good stuff. <laughs> That's good. I do love being called he. It's my favourite thing, actually. Uh, but um, I, uh, I, 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 this is thing. How long have you been together? Five years you've been together, that's good. Okay, this would be interesting, actually, because maybe you can have a, have a conversation about this. Because um, this, uh, this is a thing that uh, makes some noise, all the couples in the room just make some noise. Okay, so this is a thing that couples do, and I think there'll, be, there'll definitely be some couples in this room who do this, but this, whether or not they admit it. Uh, five years, you'll, you'll have some experience, I think. There's this thing that couples do, and I find it completely fascinating, and I've been seeing it all over the place. And, uh, and it's this thing where it's, it's two adults in a romantic relationship, um, and then they talk to each other uh, like um, like they're both little babies. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like this baby talk, baby talk in relationships. That's, Olivia, Liz, do you, did you do this? Yes, you do baby talk. In your, thank you for being honest. That's really that. Couples in the room, make some noise. You do baby talk. Yeah, there are some liars in this fucking room. There's some absolute cowards. You're covering your face. Like, why are you addressing this in this space? Yes, it's, it's, it's real. It happens. It happens all the time. I don't understand it either. I don't understand it. I, I'll be honest. I've done it. I've done it before. I'll just hold my hands up. I've definitely done it. But I don't get it. I don't get why you meet someone and you're like, oh my God, I fancy you so much. I can't wait for you to fuck me and then I'll act like a toddler. Um, <laughs> I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I've got no idea. I don't know where it comes from. I think one of two things must happen at the start of baby talk in a relationship. This is people having a breakdown. Uh, one of two things. It, has to, it goes one of two ways. Like you're there with, with your partner, you're having a difficult day and something just snaps in your head, doesn't it? Something just breaks and you'll just go for it. You'll just be like, today's the day. And you'll just say it. You'll just go, baby, I'm tired. <laughs> And in an ideal world, the best case scenario there is that your partner will hear that and they'll go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then I can guarantee you'll never do it again. That's the end of it. You have to play it off, don't you? You have to be like, oh, I'm sorry, that was a Mexican accent. Shall we, <laughs> shall we go home? Let's get out of here. But the problem is your partner loves you, don't they? They care about you. So when they hear that, when they hear you go, baby, I'm tired there's a high likelihood that they're going to go... Oh, no. Oh, no. Baby, you're tired? Well, then we got to get you home. we got to get you straight home. we got to get you to Betty Pies. And let's all just be honest with each other right now. There is nothing better than being a grown adult that is about to be put to beddy pies. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Thank you very much for taking it. Sarah Keyworth, everybody! Hello Guilty Feminists, it's Jessica Regan here. I am jumping on to tell you some very exciting news. I am in a play called Strike that is opening on the 13th of April at the Southwark Playhouse Borough. This play tells the story, the true story, of one of the longest strikes in recent history, that of the Dunstore Strikers in Dublin. 
Nine women and one man made the decision to go on strike in July 1984 to protest the apartheid regime in South Africa. And you will not believe what happened as a result of their actions. If you want to see a show that's going to take you on an epic journey that will move and inspire you and remind you of the incredible things that can be achieved when people come together, then book for Strike. But also, if you book on April 18th for the matinee performance, you will be treated to a Q&A after, hosted by none other than guilty feminist royalty Alison Spittle, interviewing the original strikers upon whom the play is based. We couldn't be prouder or happier to partner with the Guilty Feminist to spread the word about this incredible story, this theatrical event, and of course, the opportunity to meet, see and hear these people who made enormous sacrifices for people they had never met and changed the world. Get booking, go to southwarkplayhouse.co.uk. We cannot wait to see you there. And if you see me, I'll have a big Guilty Feminist talk for you. So... When Michelle said her material was on budget cuts, I did some research into budget cuts. I also texted a journalist to ask, can I have an after conversation with you on Zoom about budget cuts? So we've got some content to flesh this out. So this was meant to be like us talking about how we feel about Um, But then Sarah did material on ADHD and I got diagnosed with ADHD and I said to Michelle, have you got ADHD by any chance? (laughs) Michelle went, I've been diagnosed, but I'm now questioning it. I went, excellent. We should talk about that instead. There has never been more of an ADHD move to completely derail an entire podcast. (laughs) It's it's, it's a symptom. We should talk about that. We should talk about that. We should talk about budget cuts, but I thought I'm going to... Because I've already contacted this journalist now, and I'm like, when I heard you say that, I thought, this is interesting because so many people are being diagnosed. I thought, we should just talk about that. It's really interesting. Also, no one wants to talk about budget cuts. (laughs) You just just happened to ask me. He was like, what's your bit on? And I was like, oh, budget cuts. And then he was like, let's talk about it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I ain't got... All I got is... That. I did feel you texted a, the wrong guest. I did feel a resistance, but that's why I texted my friend who's a journalist and said, can you set up a Zoom for me with the right people talking about budget cuts? So I'll still do that. I will still talk about budget cuts, but... Ask them if they have ADHD. Right. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the intro again. So I'm going to say, I'm David Francis White, with me is Sarah Keyworth, and we're talking about ADHD. <laughs> The people at home will never know. No, you have to include this derail. But but hold on, hold on. But then I'm going to sound like a dickhead, yeah? Because then I come out and go, yeah, we're talking about budget cars. He'll edit that out. He'll edit that out. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. He he'll do the stand up because we you in the show now we don't. Well, obviously, I'm not now going to do a bit about ADHD. No, 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 no. He'll include the stand up, but no one's going to get. A bit where Michelle comes out and goes, I've got ADHD. We get someone in the audience to go, what do you think about budget cuts? Ah! <laughs> and then yes. you're Michelle, Michelle, done. it's fun. Done. Okay, all right. Did you, did you say it's fun or it's fine? It's, <laughs> it's both. It's both fun and fine. I always find it really creepy when people are like, it's fun. I'm like, I'll be the judge. <laughs> I did say it's fine. I did say it's fine. Of course, of course. I said it's fine because we don't always link the stand up to the theme. Like people come and they have 
something they really want to talk about. Yeah, but it will look like she's really so fucking We the used to be really weirdly strict about it to try and can we shoehorn it in in some way or another, but now less so because I realised nobody cares. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, let's have a conversation about ADHD, but I also do want to talk about Michelle and your, your life and everything. Let's just see where it goes. Let's, just hear it. let's have a really good do ADHD an conversation. Do an ep on budget cuts and just take the, uh, Michelle's stand-up and snip it in. Do you know what? We can talk about this later. <laughs> we can, it's we can... never gone like this in the history of the guilty feminist. It's never gone like this before. I feel like Michelle, this is the first time she's done it. She's already texting her agent, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how long's this podcast been going on for? It's years, isn't it? Seven years, yeah. Fucking hell. Seven years. Right. It's been so slickly handled for many of those years. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. sorry, Michelle. I am so sorry. Do you see that? I did the arm touch there. I just I realised after I did it, we were talking about how you can do an arm touch, but you can't do a head touch. Oh, do you, I was standing in the back listening, and like, as a woman of colour, I was like, you're damn right you can't do a head touch. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think. How do you feel about licking nipples? <laughs> that I'm into, oh. actually. Yeah. All right. We could do an episode on that. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to everybody. I'm so sorry. I I really do actually want to talk about ADHD. Let's do it. You. I, f- I feel. I think we are already covering the subject pretty well, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Since I got diagnosed, I am so much kinder to myself all of the time because when I struggle with things that other people find ordinary, I just go, oh, that's because I've got ADHD. And because the doctor told me, um, she went, I went, but I just feel like I should have a tidy bedroom and the rest of my flat's tidy, but my bedroom is really in chaos all the time. And I really try and then I get it beautifully done. It's so beautiful, Michelle. You can't even believe how beautiful it is. And it just takes days for it to go back to a days well done (laughs) well done man I'll be late I'll be like I've got to leave the house in two minutes and I'll just trash it all like a drunk woman oh but we're using days as a quick measurement I thought you were saying it takes so long to mess it up. No, Michelle's saying one, one late no, morning. No, but that's what I thought you were saying. I thought no, you no, it takes I, ages to get it messed up again. No, no, no. I was saying, like, I'll, I'll take me ages to clean it up, finally clean it up. I'm so proud. I think I'm never going to be untidy again. And then two days later, it's, it's back. And I'm like, how will I do this? But I said this to the doctor, and she said, but you could just come out on stage and start talking, and you don't necessarily know where you're going. I mean, tonight's an extreme example of that. <laughs> Oh no, we're making so many jokes. Tom's gonna leave it in now. I know he is. And I'm gonna feel humiliated. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make any more jokes because I really want him to cut around it. And I know what he's like, and he won't cut around it because he'll think it's funny. Um, leave it in, Tom. I don't want to on display. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Um, this has never happened before. Never. Yeah, the, the doctor said you can just come out on stage and start talking and, you know, be funny with people in the audience and then interview someone and so on and so on. And she said, that's ADHD. That's part of, for, for me, not for every comedian, but she said, would you trade that for a tidy bedroom? And I went, oh, God, no. And she went, a tidy bedroom is just a convention. It's a social convention. She was like, it's much more of, ADHD certainly can be much more of a benefit than it is a minus. So, and she said, I don't really think it's a disorder. It's just the way some people's brains are. And she said, there's so many advantages to the kind of ADHD you have. 
I have, you just have to understand some things are going to be harder for you, but every time something's harder, think of something that's easier for you. Yeah, like the benefits. I like that she says, um, you know, would you swap having like a tidy room for being able to come out and talk to people, which you get paid for, which means you can buy more shit for your room. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like if that wasn't the case, yeah, you'd have like a box in your room and an Ikea lamp on it and it'd just be you and your blanket. It'd be easy to keep it tidy then, wouldn't it? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> they say mad shit to you. Yeah. This is what I think, right? I got, I got diagnosed, but the doctor was so expensive. I was like, yeah, you better give me pills. That's why I'm here. I just paid you 700 pounds. I want my ADD. So <laughs> it to me. Did you, do you, did you, how did the pills work on you? Well, to be like, I, I my mum's uh, got uh, ADD. Uh, do we say ADD or ADHD? I think it's ADD now, isn't it? Oh, is it ADD now? Is it attention deficit disorder, disorder, but not attention hyper- Hy- hyperactivity? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, right? The ting, yeah. So my mum, <laughs> my mum is diagnosed with it. My brother is, and so is my sister. And it was always like in my family, I had the gift of dyslexia, right? <laughs> it was like, that was my thing. And then as time went on, I was like, this gotta be, there's got to be a better way to live my life. Yeah. Just because of what, when I started writing shows and stuff, I was like, I, I'd, I'd be like writing and I'd have to do some painting on the side. I'd be having phone calls. I'm cleaning the house. The sock drawer is immaculate. <laughs> like there's so many things going on that I was just like, there's got to be a better way. And I was really having problems with deadlines. And then when I spoke to the doctor, he was like, that's something that people with this condition do where you have to be in fight or flight to get the thing done, mm. you need that adrenaline to like, like for me, I have to, I, I'll procrastinate all week and like the night before my deadline, I'll be like Jessica Fletcher, just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, not that I've got a typewriter, but just like, you can <laughs> yeah, imagine, I don't know. banging it out. I think that's the reason that there has been like a sort of ADHD, ADD diagnosis boom in the last like year or so, is that because of the pandemic, there were people who had routines in their life, structure in their life, then they'd had those routines their entire, like they go through the school system and maybe it's like, well, yeah, you have to hand your homework at this time or you go further education or whatever and somebody's holding you accountable in those moments and then you get a job and you work in your job and you turn up every day and you know what targets you have to hit. And suddenly, you, all these people who never had to do this before have to work from home and they have to manage their own projects and they have to manage their own calendars and their diaries and they have to get up in the morning and set themselves to work and they're their own holding themselves accountable and it's the amount of people I think who just suddenly had this realization that because that's the thing about ADHD is that it needs these external pressures like a deadline can help you suddenly focus your mind and it's all these people who are suddenly going nobody's looking yeah nobody's looking at me so I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can just watch Tiger King. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to do anything. A shocking number of people realised that without the threat of punishment, yeah. they had no interest in doing what they did. I think I was diagnosed so late in my life because I'm terrified of my mother. 
Oh. Yeah. So mom, she was the adrenaline holder for you. She was the adrenaline provoker. My mum created such external consequences. Love my mum, very strict, but in a very sort of loving way, not in like a I'll kill you kind of way. Uh, That's but good. Like, um, but she, when I was a child, if, 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 if we fucked up, we'd hear about it. And it was so it was, no, I'm doing my homework and I'm doing the best of my ability. And she would sometimes check my homework and go, what the, what the fuck, you've just licked this bit of paper. <laughs> and then we'd sit down together and she would do it with me and she'd make sure I did it to a high standard. I'm sure she didn't really say, what the fuck. She's thinking, what the fuck. She'd whisper it, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> on her own. But I think that is genuinely, I believe that that is the reason that why so many people are getting diagnosed now is because uh, people are sat at home, working from home, thinking, why is everybody else in the world capable of doing this and I'm not? Mm. And it's, I just think it's because like more people than we realise right now, actually their brains work in this way. And mm. it's probably... Do you, do you think some of it, though, is just that because of social media and the way we interact online is that we've just got shorter attention spans and we're just like, there's got to be a pill for this. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, there's got... Come on. Like, there's, there's got to be... There's got to be something that's time-released. Yeah, thanks. That's from the doctor. There's a, that's not proper drugs. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a powder for it. If you... <laughs> they say with ADHD or ADD that you definitely... If you have it, you've had it since childhood. But I think it's been definitely exacerbated by the constant scrolling. So I think if you had it mildly and you were able to control it, now many people find that they can't. My assessment in comedy is that nearly, not nearly every, but lots and lots of women in comedy have been diagnosed with it. I think just as many men in comedy have it, but they are not diagnosed with it. Because if a man in comedy goes to Brighton when he's meant to be in Manchester, people just go, oh, well, he still lives with his mum, he needs help. Whereas if a woman is not on top of her admin, people go, mm, she needs a doctor, pathologise that. Yeah. The, the standards, we, we are held to much higher standards of just general fuckwittery. We can't get away with fuckwittery. Well, the numbers of uh, women or girls who are better at masking ADHD symptoms because they've been sort of told to kind of be quieter, whereas boys are expected to be louder and things like that, that is higher, which is why, like, I, nobody... I mean, I, as I say, I'm very... Mine is inattentive ADHD, which I was really pissed off about because you can be hyperactive and you can be inattentive or you can be both. And I, I've, I'm, I've fucked off that I'm inattentive. <laughs> I'm pissed off because it feels like I, I've got all of the dumb and none of the fun, right? Uh. <laughs> I, I want a bit of the personality. I'm meant to I'm be mixed, have it. but I think I'm much more inattentive than I'm hyperactive. I'm so inattentive and I want to be hyperactive. It's so annoying. Because when I go on a night out, nobody's like, oh, Sarah's coming, so it's going to be a wild one. <laughs> They're like, oh, Sarah's coming, so put your name badges on. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing. I, I got diagnosed with mixed, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm sedentary, if anything. I've got attention deficit sedentary yeah. disorder. Uh, did the pills work for you, Michelle? Yeah, but not 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 all the time. To be on, no, because the thing is, you just don't you don't want to take them every day. No. You know what I mean? Like some days I genuinely need them, and other days, like if I'm sitting at home watching White Lotus, do I need to be taking Ritalin? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Do I though? No, no I do not. They that's... only last for eight hours though. They're not accumulative. The pills. yeah, that's eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 
full season in a yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, which you'll manage to get through if you're taking them. Uh, but I think they that for me that I need to go back and get another dose because I stopped taking them because uh, towards the end of the day, especially and especially if I took them later in the day, and I don't know how my body knows, but it does. Um, because sometimes you get up later if you're a comedian. Like last night, I performed in Dublin, then flew back. And you, you know, you're not going to get up ten hours before you get to work, are you? So if I sleep in a bit later and then take the pill, I start clenching my yes, jaw. Yes, mate. That's what I'm trying to say. Is time release cocaine? Yeah, that's what we're taking. It's so like, yeah, you better take it as soon as you wake up. Otherwise, you're going to be lying in bed, like yeah. You know, going through some old school roller decks of like stuff that you could be doing. That's this is a- good to know because I haven't done any of that stuff yet. I'm on walnuts right now. <laughs> on walnuts? They told me to take walnut, eat walnuts. What? Isn't it? Uh, are you? This has come to the NHS. Is budget cut chat. Budget cut chat. Budget cut Walnuts. Walnuts. Try walnuts. See how you get on with walnuts. <laughs> Right, walnuts. Yeah. How do walnuts help? It's supposed to be good for your brain function away. Oh, man. Come on, how come we got the cocaine? Sarah, I think you said walnuts. We know why, we know why. Because we went to a private doctor and Sarah went to some witch in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Waved the crystal over her head yeah. and said, have some walnuts. She was very nice, actually. She didn't touch my head. She did lick my head. <laughs> Your doctor in the forest told you to take some walnuts. Yeah. That's what I'm like saying, man. The NHS is struggling. The NHS is struggling. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This reminds me of like when you go to the doctors and you're like, have you got anything to calm my nerves? Or like, I've got anxiety. And they're like, have you tried swimming? And you're like, <laughs> is everyone all right? Yeah, he said that as well. He said swimming. He said walnuts and swimming. What's, what's take, take the walnuts swimming. What's your... He said, go to the swimming pool, eat walnuts in the swimming pool. Were you diagnosed in the NHS? Because I thought, effectively, you couldn't be, because I've got a friend who's been waiting... I paid for it. Yeah, because my friend's been waiting seven years to get a diagnosis. Yeah, you you pretty much can't get diagnosed for NHS on that, as far as I can make out. Yeah, no, I I paid a man. I paid a man. You paid a man and he told you walnuts? You went to the wrong So you said, I see what the problem is here. It's yeah. the what we've been given. He had I all these walnuts on the inside of his coat. And... <laughs> I'm like, what in the Jack in the Beanstalk chat is this, Sarah? <laughs> what is happening? That's what he said. I, I swear to you, that's what he said. And now I eat walnuts every day. I do. My girlfriend and I would call them brain nuts because they look a little bit like brains, don't they? Has it helped you? Because huh? it, it, they... it looks like it's helping. <laughs> Like little brains. Yeah, they look like brains. They call them brain nuts. My girlfriend wakes yeah. up every morning. She says, you know what? You brain nuts, and I go, okay. You know what this reminds me of? You know, like when you was in your teens and you'd go to a festival and like you'd send someone like Sarah out and be like, come back with some pills. <laughs> and she'd come back and you'd just think, no, 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 these are gonna be good. I think these are. And gonna... you've come back with hate look, look how funky they are. <laughs> All these different shapes. Yeah. Sarah, you need to go back to the doctor. I need to go back to the doctor because I think I need a lower dose because I You're don't... grinding your teeth at night. I, bed, ha- yeah. I had to have chewing gum in the end of the day because I couldn't stop doing that. <laughs> and I didn't like it. And so I 
stop taking it. But it does help you get your work done, there is no question. Because the problem with ADHD is you can't start your work. Once I start, I can go into the tunnel of focus. But it's really easy for me to spend hours getting to, and out, months getting to a very small admin task. I put it off every fucking day. And then I do it in 10 minutes. I feel so good about myself, but so stupid that I didn't do it just yeah. No. Does anyone else have this? Does anyone else recognise this? Well, I watched, it's our problem. I watched a video online and there's this guy and he was saying the problem with it, when you have ADHD, it's, it's the executive function and executive function is the doing. So you can know all about a thing. You can have every bit of information on how to do something. You just can't do it. It's a doing problem. It's a problem where you can have all the knowledge, but you just can't do it. And then he went, and in this video, I'm going to tell you everything you can do. To manage this, and I thought that'll be good to know. <laughs> oh, what do I eat my walnut? It's true. I got hypnotherapy tapes for it, but I would listen to them once because that would be a task to put them on. Yeah, it's all this ab. And that's the difficulty about getting Ad-me. diagnosed, especially in the NHS. And they say, "Ring this number at this time." I think, "Fuck off." <laughs> But is this just a modern problem across the board? Because you go out and you're like, does everyone know what we're talking about? Everyone's like, yes! <laughs> Have we all got ADD? I think it's been exacerbated in a lot of people because of scrolling. And as you say, the pandemic taking away some of our structures. So I think people with a predilection for it have suddenly got it, it's gone, turned it all the way up to 11. That's yeah. what I think. And do you know what? A bit of it, I just can't be asked. I actually... <laughs> I just can't be asked. It's good yeah. to recognise that, I think. <laughs> so it's, good, it's good on occasion, it's good to recognise what is, what is ADD and what is being a lazy fuck. Because <laughs> sometimes I do, I, I, there are times when I'm like, no, I, I think I could do this. I am choosing not to. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. true. There's a difference between, sometimes you can't get it. Apparently what happens, this is, I've read a lot about it, um, but apparently what happens is you, can't, you haven't got enough adrenaline yeah. to do basic tasks because they don't see, they're not going to give you any adrenaline. Sometimes when you, you do have a window of adrenaline, you think, oh, I could do that right now. And then you, if you have ADD, you must do it then because that's literally the only time you're going to be able to do it. And if you then have a lazy moment where you go, uh, I might feel like doing it again tomorrow. Don't, you won't. You won't feel like doing it again tomorrow. It'll be six months before you feel like doing it again. Do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. Yeah, I had that the other day because I had to go to the shop and buy some walnuts. <laughs> <laughs> Deliveroo is helpful. Do you think they can do walnuts on Deliveroo? Oh, yeah. I can't get my nuts from Deliveroo. <laughs> I, I, I get so, a man bringing them to my door. Well, you'd have to have other On a bike. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you'd, you'd get other stuff delivered at the same time. No, it's just the walnuts, please. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, if it, I'm aware we will do another episode on budget cuts because I want to talk about how the NHS is so underfunded that it can't diagnose people. And if you don't have the money to get diagnosed and you suspect you've got ADHD, you can self-diagnose. There's a lot of Instagrammery around it now and good accounts to follow that have helpful hints. There's a, there's a, there's a, a YouTube account that is actually genuinely very useful that I'm going to find the name of right now. Mate, you take walnuts. I don't want any... I I know you've got good intentions, but this this person hasn't mentioned anything about walnuts, and I've been waiting for her to say something about it. Is it the ADHD couple? No, it's nothing to do with it. It's nothing to do with a couple. Um... 
uh, she's an American woman, and she says, uh, she says, hello, brains, like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm ADHD. Wait there, stay there. Nobody move. Is somebody else talk whilst I do this because I can't do. I'm just looking at walnuts. Yeah, well, we're just not good homes now. Okay, this you're looking at walnuts. Yeah, it says are walnuts no, good for ADHD? Because he definitely said it, and I definitely. Yeah, I'm just interested because I've never heard of it. He, I, said, he's right, he said, "Do your best to eat some walnuts." And walnuts good for ADHD. Walnuts, omega threes. Studies show that omega threes help control behaviour and improve memory. Surprisingly, walnuts are a great source of omega threes and are perfect for snacking. Mm. <laughs> doesn't really say that they're good for They are perfect either. for snacking as well, it's true. But look, this is the thing, right? We don't want something that's going to be like, oh, in a couple of weeks I'm going to start to feel the effect. I want something that works in 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is an emergency. My walnuts, they never make you gurn. Yeah, that's I've true. I've never been gurning from the walnuts. I, I don't know if you put enough in your mouth. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, look, I'm, li- I'm lying on my bed at home working in the afternoon writing, a, you know, writing something I'm meant to be writing and I look like I'm at Glastonbury on the last night going like this. Oh, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. That's all right. You're on your own. You're in your own, Ash. You can do what the fuck you want. I don't enjoy it, though. If I you don't... want to gurn... While you're, while you're doing your deadlines in your own house, without anyone there, that's your business, right? If you're a woman, you can do what you want. That's true. That's true. I'm an independent woman. I didn't listen to that. What happened? It was a really feminist statement that people got behind and applauded that Michelle was telling me, I'm an independent woman. If I want to go in my own house, who's no, going to stop me? That's really good. Good. That's good. good. It was good advice. It did empower me. I'll be honest. You're very feminist, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> Very feminist, though. That's true. Celebrate. CBT is everywhere. It's okay, she's annoying. <laughs> she's this is oral warm-ups. But, uh, she's called How to ADHD, and she does these little short videos that are very useful so that's my recommendation how to ADHD how to ADHD okay. and um, she's got uh, she's, she seems nice um, <laughs> she did a TED talk so that must mean she's good Okay, all right. Well, let, look up how to ADHD. Um, can I ask you, Michelle, um, before we wind up, tell us about your tour. I'm going on tour in March. Where are you going? It's called Moved and um, a bit Leicester Square Theatre and, uh, and then round the country. Okay. So somewhere what... near you, somewhere near you. Um, do you know what? I'm actually so horrible at promotion that, like, you know, you've got to sort of yeah. do your bits to the phone and yeah. just... I would try to just feel like a proper prat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just like, yeah. I'm in my own house being like, oh, my God, please come. I've been so bad at it that um, uh, Live Nation actually were like, come to the headquarters, we are going to interview you so we can put it out because you're clearly shit at this. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, it's called Moved. It's about me, um, you know, napalm in my life and uh, being um, a homeless and a bit of a mess just before I turned 40. But it's all working out now. So, you know, come and, come and see it. I certainly will. Um, do you know when it's on at the Leicester Square Theatre? Because all this all The 23rd. The 23rd of Possibly March. the 27th. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you, shall I look it up for you? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. One second. Okay, can you two busk while I look it up? Oh, what, what did you say? Busk? Busk. Yeah. Busk. busk. Oh, all right. 
Do you know what I will say, right? Like, uh, because um, my my tour is also about um, it's also about the fact that I used to do loads of drugs when I was younger. One of the one of the things that made me think I, I did have the DDs, the ADDs, yeah. was uh, I'd do coke and fall asleep. Me too. Really? <laughs> <laughs> There'd be like a cracking house party. Yeah. Like I'd do a couple of lines and I think. Is this a repeat of the story? Fuck yeah. that, I'm going to sleep. And then I'd Send, like, wake sends up... Sends me at, right off. Wake up at 10am and everyone would still be chatting and I'd feel refreshed. Yeah. I'd do a bit on a school night if I can't sleep. Yeah. That's a joke. <laughs> um, no, so, right. I'll tell you where it is. That's oh, a proven so thing, that it's, it's nothing. It's neither of the nights you said, it's the 25th. <laughs> but it is de- dead between the 23rd and the 27th, so that was good. We take there an average. Go. We take an average. Uh, on the 2nd, it's in Brighton. 3rd, it's in Oxford. 11th, Newcastle. 16th, Bristol. 17th, Cardiff. 18th, Maidenhead. 19th, if you were in Manchester, it's going to be at the Lowry. Oh, Manchester. 23rd... <laughs> Is it on Manchester too? Am I? Yeah, you're on Manchester. It's Salford. Salford's Manchester. Oh, wicked. Well, it's near Manchester. I shouldn't say that. I'll get letters. Okay. Uh, Salford, if you're in Manchester or Salford... Can you send that to Michelle? (laughs) If you're in Manchester or Salford, the 19th. If you're in Leeds, the 23rd. If you're on... If you're in in Birmingham, it's on the 24th. And if you're in London, at Leicester Square Theatre, on the 25th of March! Michelle, if I, after spending this time with you, I will definitely be coming to that show. Um, I am also delighted that you are making an autobiographical comedy series for Channel 4. Do you know what that's going to be called? Uh, It's for BBC Two, yeah. Well, at the moment, (laughs) at the moment, it's called um, High End Homeless. uh, So it'll be out in 2024. Right. Uh, Yeah, and you can also watch me, I did a... Um, a show for HBO called The Baby. Oh! Duchess, obviously. Of oh, The Duchess, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, listen, I will definitely be looking out. Please come and back and uh, when your show's on the telly, and uh, ideally before that, but uh, certainly when your show comes on the telly, we'd love to have you again. Would you? Oh, ama- yeah, I thought you were amazing. Thanks. You made, you made me laugh so much. Um, I you I'm on tour, just if you want to know, I'm on tour. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a tour if you're interested. Are you on tour, darling? Can Sarah keep with when are you on tour? I'm, I'm on this, it starts again in Feb from halfway through, so the rest of the tour, Feb, Feb through March. Um, uh, similar situation. Um, <laughs> are you doing Manchester slash Salford? I'm, do, I'm, do, I'm doing Manchester, Manchester, Manchester. We're going to be there together. Yeah, we're together. going, we're not on the same date, no. but we'll go, we'll go, we can travel down. Oh. <laughs> Do you not know your dates either? Because I've got I've got the amazing Laura Smith opening for me, right? And she she was like, I booked our tickets for Newcastle. I was like, we're going Newcastle. <laughs> You've got your definite app. If you're doubting tickets for you. your diagnosis in any way, shape, or form, stop. There is no way. If you don't know that you're on in Newcastle, you were like me. So I wouldn't have a clue. Laura books your train tickets. No, 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 no. Sorry, she, she <laughs> said she's booked a hotel. She goes, this is the hotel I've booked for Newcastle. And I was like... Oh, she's great. I get her to do mine. That's what you need. <laughs> you need someone organised... Where they're going. To, yeah. ..to open for you yeah. so they can tell you where you're going. I got a phone call from my girlfriend the other day that said, I've just seen a tweet that you're doing a gig on this date. You can't. You're in Belfast. Oh... <laughs> uh, and I'm telling you, when boys do that, everyone just goes, isn't he adorable? Yeah. When, when women slash non-binary people do it, everybody goes, they need walnuts. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, man. 
I'm so sorry. Are you non-binary? Have I just been gendering the fuck out of you all night? <laughs> you have, actually. It's a bit short. No, um, I don't <laughs> think you've not... You've not third person to them much. I, um, I, I'll respond to anything. I'm really easy. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, no, bitch. No, yeah. <laughs> That's my preference, actually. I like bitch. Yeah. Yeah. My pronouns are they, them, and bitch. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't choose bitch, but it kept happening, and I thought I'd just embrace it. Listen, you've been an absolutely incredible audience. feels like a wonderful celebration of feminism and togetherness to be back out again so come out to more shows that we're going to have this year and uh, if you could uh, rate, review and subscribe individual episodes of The Guilty Feminist uh, it would really help other people find a podcast uh, give it five stars otherwise it'll help people find the podcast wrongly um, and if you could tell your friends about it send an episode that you like on it would really help us build because everything got stuck in the pandemic. So we really, really appreciate your support. We think you're absolutely wonderful. Big round of applause for you guys. Big round of applause for King's Place. Huge, huge round of applause for Michelle Schwartz. I've been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Sarah Keyworth, and our very special guest, Michelle DeSport. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Zielinski for The Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel Craftman, Gina DCO, Zainab Muhammad, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. will be seen as flippant and I need you to edit it out because I don't want people writing in. Uh, but I feel the people in the room understood the spirit of the joke and found it funny. But this is where you come to the live shows. There's all sorts we edit out for reasons of uh, I don't want to be sued and things. You don't want to be sued? Sometimes we slag people off and then you can't, you know... Yeah, we love slagging people off, don't we? I mean, I could tell you my thoughts on all sorts of things that I wouldn't say on the podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You were just doing it backstage. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say live from King's Place in London. You're going to break into song. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.